Well, welcome to this first session of What Jesus Demands from the World. Let me tell you where the conception of these lessons in this book came from and, and lead into one of the most primal, basic, fundamental demands that Jesus ever made from the world, namely, you must be born again. Uh, years ago, I was pondering the Great Commission, especially the second half of it, and it occurred to me that this Great Commission that Jesus gave to us for the world uh, has a second half to it, and it's really big. It says, and teach them, those people that you have made disciples, teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. And I thought to myself, <laughs> do we even know all that he has commanded us? And so what I did was I, I, I took a break, about a four-month break, and I read the Gospels, all four of them, all the way through, over and over, and collected all the imperatives, all the commands, all the demands. I think I had 500 imperatives of some kind or another. And I noticed that it didn't say, teach them all that I have commanded you. Did you catch the difference? It said, teach them to observe all that I have commanded you, Matthew 28, 20. Which means my responsibility as a discipler of the nations of the church is not just inform them what Jesus commanded. Rather, it's to speak in such a way, teach in such a way, pray in such a way that people actually do what he commanded. Now, that makes me feel absolutely helpless, right? How can I so teach that people are so transformed so deeply that they can do these radical commands that Jesus commanded. But that's the challenge I set before myself. I asked, Father, how do you do this commission? How do you teach? How do you lead a study group so that people don't just find out what Jesus said, but rather do it? The answer to that question is surely keep the demands connected to the person. Keep the demands connected to the work of Jesus. He died for sinners. He conquered death. He conquered Satan. He conquered sin. He was perfect. He poured out his spirit. All of this is part of the Gospels. And I got this conviction as I was working on this, and I'll, I'll throw it out for you to discuss. I don't think... Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John intend for any part of their Gospels to be read or understood apart from all the other parts of their Gospels. Think about that. Especially the last part of their Gospels. I don't think the end of their Gospels where Jesus dies, the Son of Man came not to be servant to servant, give his life a ransom for many, Mark 10, 45. I don't think the gospel writers mean for us to read any part of the gospels apart from that statement, apart from Jesus' person and work. So surely the answer for how to bring people into an observing of the demands, not just a knowing of the demands, is keep the demands close to the person, keep the demands close to the work. So that leads us now to one of those first primal commands that connect us to the person, connect us to the work. 
So here we are in John 3, right? This is the most important place in the Gospels where the new birth is talked about. So Nicodemus, this Jewish ruler, is coming to Jesus at night and says, we know that your teacher comes from God. <laughs> and before he can get a question out of his mouth, Jesus says, unless you're born again, you'll never see the kingdom of heaven. I mean, it's just mind-blowing that he would go straight to the heart of the matter like that. And to make sure that Nicodemus uh, realizes what's at stake, he says in verse 5, unless you're born again, you won't enter the kingdom of heaven, which means your eternal life is riding on your new birth. Nicodemus is flabbergasted. He like so many of the people that interact with Jesus, he doesn't have a clue what Jesus is saying. He thinks, well, you have to crawl back up into your mother's womb and be born again. And Jesus clarifies for him in, in verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Now, what does that mean? First time you're born, Nicodemus, John Piper, you're just flesh, meaning just human. No divine reality alive in you at all. Your spirit is dead. It, there's no life in your spirit. But that which is born of the spirit, second time birth, that which is born of the spirit is spirit, meaning, I think, alive. Your spirit is alive. Once your spirit was dead, you had no communion with God at all. You didn't have eyes for things of the spirit. You didn't have a love for God, a delight in God, a love for the Bible. Everything was dead, boring, blank. And now something happened. You were touched by the spirit and you're alive. Your spirit is alive. So Jesus has two categories for human beings, right? Dead living people and living living people. Let the dead bury their dead, he said in the Gospel of Luke. When, when the prodigal son came home, he, he said to the, to the older brother, don't you know your brother who was dead is alive? How did that happen? It happened by a new birth. The spirit gives life to the spirit. And how does that happen? Jesus is saying everybody needs that. Everybody in this group needs it. I need it. Everybody in the world must be born again or they won't enter the kingdom of heaven. We're all born dead, just flesh. And Paul said, the mind of the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God. It cannot do the things that God tells it to do. We're not getting anywhere with the demands of Jesus without being born again. And so he says in verse 8, the wind blows where it wills. You don't know where it came from. You don't know where it's going so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Which means this is a sovereign, free work of God. You don't make it happen. You look like, whoa, where did that come from? One day you are bored by the Bible. You are blind to the beauties of Christ. Next day you can't get enough of this book and he is your precious Savior and Lord. What happened? A miracle happened. The new birth happened. Which raises the question, doesn't it? I mean, if it's that sovereign, if the wind really blows where he wills, the spirit blows where he wills, what, what does it have to do with your faith? And in 1 John chapter 5, verse 1, we get an answer. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ 
has been born of God. If you're a believer, you've been born of God. It's not the other way around. Like, oh, I need to be born of God, so me, in my deadness, I will now believe, and now a miracle will happen because I have now believed. No, the, the, the faith is the miracle. You have seen him as infinitely worthy, and you now embrace him and trust him. That's the miracle that has happened in you, which leads to the last question maybe we should talk about, and that is, well, wow, if it's of God and he blows where he wills and it brings about my faith, what do pastors do? What do small group leaders do? What do I do? Doesn't faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God? It does indeed. And so does the new birth. 1 Peter 1, 23. You have been born again, not of perishable seed, but imperishable by the living and abiding word of God. Through the living and abiding word of God, you have been born again. And then 25, verse 25, that word of God is defined. This is the gospel that was preached to you, which brings us full circle back to the work of Jesus and the person of Jesus. So here we are now, ready to plow in to the demands of Jesus. And what's so clear from the beginning is we can't do them. Dead people don't obey the demands of Jesus. We're just flesh. We hate the demands of Jesus. We like to do things our way. And so right at the beginning, the number one command, you've got to have life. Get life, which means listen to the word and Christ come. So maybe the best thing we could do would be to pray for ourselves because Augustine He's not Bible, but he's wise. He said, God, command what you will and give what you command. So, Father, I pray for these friends as they plow in to knowing you through what you demand in the mouth of Jesus. Would you grant what you command? And in this case, would you grant life? I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.